You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Members of FC Bergman, welcome to Token Theater Friends. I'm very happy to be talking to you today. Thank you. Can you tell me a little bit about what 300L times 50L times 30L is all about? Uh, well, it's about um, a little village um, that's very uh, secluded somewhere in an unknown forest. Um, a village where time uh, stood still more or less for um, we don't know how many years and where people are living their lives more or less in sort of a, a loop. Uh, um, so on a, on a sort of uh, neurotic, uh, very uh, self-centered way. Um, and on a certain moment, uh, and that's where our play begins, uh, the oldest uh, inhabitant of the village um, leaves his house and, um, and uh, disappears in the forest and this is the beginning for uh, for a yeah, certain outbreak of of uh, fear in the village. Uh, people don't get why this old man is um, is, is is leaving. Um, we think probably he's going. He's just old and he's going to die somewhere in in, uh, in silence. But um, but the people, the other inhabitants of the village, become very confused uh, and and they start to panic um, and. Yeah, this, this this panic leads leads to uh, yeah sort of an an, uh, an anxiety or a yeah an anxiety psychosis uh, which increases and becomes worse and worse and worse um, till the, the till this village uh, collectively thinks that the big flood is coming over them. So they are um, starting to get. Uh, lots of um, like biblical visions uh, uh, and signs of uh, of of, uh, of the apocalypse, um, and um, yeah, at, at the at the at the ending, they're they're like losing their minds and um, and seeking seeking for redemption, uh, which is not really uh, in their reach. Voila. I love that you said that you think. The character is going somewhere, but you're not sure where the character is going. So, can you talk a little bit about not necessarily having control of the fate of your characters? Like, do you stop writing? Do you stop developing the pieces, and then just set your characters free? Yeah, of course. We 
we have uh, we have the story made up for ourselves but it's like it's a very the narrative is quite simple uh, and um, and we uh, we left lots of um, of space um, uh, very intentionally for um, interpretation interpretation and um, in that way also participation of the audience so it's like people can can create their own stories and their own uh, narratives because it's so um, it's so open we, we we always try to create um, as we call it open artworks um, so yeah so it's not that we we want to communicate of, of course we want to communicate lots of things but but it's not that we want to um, communicate one clear uh, statement or story it's for us it's very important that um, that the, that, the, that the audience really um, yeah is, is participating and, 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 and creating its its own uh, interpretation and artwork we, we actually we don't use uh, text um, so also not in this performance. So that gives actually to we, we work very visual. We call it sometimes like like a symphony of images, and um, that makes it yeah easier to create like these open artworks that there is not uh, a text based strict narr narrative to be followed. So you developed the piece uh, eleven years ago, and I read that you developed it in a month. And yet, 11 years later, it perfectly speaks about how, you know, the world, how we all live during the pandemic, how we're living, some of us during a pandemic in this state of isolation. So can you talk a little bit about how, if at all, the meaning of the piece has changed for you, the creators, during the pandemic? It's actually... Yeah, the first time since we played it since uh, since since the pandemic. Uh, so so for us, it's it's kind of new to see it in this um, context. In this context, of course. But but uh, I think as we mentioned, this idea of this open artwork, and I think if you if you create pieces like that, that hopefully have like a, a very universal universal themes, um, that you can project it on every uh, difficult political situation or so. So. When we played, for instance, in Athens uh, a few years ago, it's already, I don't know, eight years ago, seven years ago, something like that. It was in the middle of this Euro crisis eh, where, where uh, the Greek people were really, uh, they were almost pushed out of this Eurozone and they had like big fin financial troubles and they, they felt also isolated in this, in, this, in this world or in Europe or whatever. And, and, the, and they read it strictly in, in that sense. So it's always nice that that uh, if you perform a performance such a long time, that over the years, different kind of meanings, meanings pop up. Uh, and so now when you, you talk about uh, uh, actually the, the Corona crisis and, and the pandemic and the isolation, and it's actually the first time that I, I thought about it, I have to say <laughs> honestly, uh, but I think it, it perfectly fits uh, on our time, our time of fear. I think it's a time of fear uh, at this point, not only for this pandemic, but also for yeah, let's say a war in Ukraine and, and these kind of things. Um, so, and of course this performance is also about fear and about uh, instead of opening up, closing closing everything down uh, in yourself or in your little community and, 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 and don't want to let people go out of it because that's, that's danger. And unfortunately, uh, collective fear is something of all times apparently. Yeah, and it's still, it's, it's still for 11 years uh, a very, uh, actual and very, um, yeah, very on the, 
on the edge of time, I think. Um, so that's a, that's a, a little bit of a sad thought. There's also something really beautiful about this idea of containing a world, like an entire universe on stage. And I was hoping you could talk a little bit about how, you know, the work that you do, how did it give you solace during the pandemic? You know, were you trying in your homes when we were in lockdown to create the worlds that you wanted to be in? Yeah, actually, we, we started quite soon uh, working again together. Um, so we were like in the lockdown for six weeks, really the, the tough one. But then we started working in a small room and we only saw each other. And uh, that was uh, the sheep song that we created. And you feel it in the performance that it's that it's been made in a different kind of atmosphere or a different kind yeah. of life. So it's something that we, yeah, we, we took along and we used it, I think. It were, it were, yeah, it was crazy time, of course, for all the world, but it was, yeah, the first time that we created, um, um, yeah, something with a, it's an avant clock? Uh, curfew. With a curfew. curfew. Uh, at the end of the rehearsal day, we had to, like, we had a permission on a, on a piece of paper that we could, um, that we could, yeah, go to, from the theater to our houses uh, after uh, 10 p.m. And it was, so it was feeling a little bit like, um, yeah, prohibition time or something. It was very, yeah, it was was very. It was strange. very consoling to have each other. Yeah. Otherwise, we we had nothing. <laughs> yeah. And you've also spoken about how important having an audience is. So how exciting is it to yeah. have an audience again? It was so sad. We had our opening night with with six people uh, in the in the theater, and it was really was really depressing. And then again, you you yeah. You can, yeah. Yeah, because we really, we, we really didn't real. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't clear at all if if we had succeeded, if the if we were communicating something, something. Um, and luckily, we 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 got the yeah we got this feeling when we when we first performed it for a, for a real audience, but it was so it was so bizarre and confusing, um, and, confusing and 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 also, yeah. It really shows how important that the the, the 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 contact and the meeting with an audience is for the for the existence of a of a piece of art. Yeah, we, we really rediscovered that art is about communication, and when there is no one on the other side, it doesn't make sense at all to create something or to show something or to do something at all. Yeah. So 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 that was that was and, and particularly for our performances, I I guess because yeah, you need uh, the audience to to give meaning to a, to a performance. Because they're so open also you you need them you need to have this dialogue between between uh, the stage and the venue and and uh, and the people and, and also the, the 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 scale of the performances we create is quite big most of the time so it's yeah it's also very weird to to perform like this big scaled uh stuff for for yeah like we, we're always making big gestures and it's it's strange to make such big gestures when when there's like almost not nobody in the venue uh, um, it feels very yeah awkward i don't want to sound too american but how do you measure then how successful a work is we don't <laughs> <laughs> well when is a work successful yeah, yeah it's a i don't know question of course of course we're really happy that we can we can perform for so many people and we performed 
this this piece already more than i don't know 60 70 times for full houses all over europe and now for the first time uh uh in the states or or uh, in on another continent than, than than europe so that's that's really special of course and that's an honor um but i i think it's important that you don't work towards success and only towards i don't know your own your own artistship or something i, I that, that's the only criterion you have i think in creating um yeah so but but of course it's it, it's it's um incredible to to yeah what what happens to us right now <laughs> <laughs> you're saying cinematic elements obviously the camera is such an important part of the work that you do and thinking about this piece, I couldn't help but think about Lars Frontier's Dogville, which is in so many ways about this isolated village and also about how, you know, someone at some point leaves. And I wonder, obviously, maybe influences are unconscious sometimes, but can you identify any influences that came into play when you were doing this? Uh, yeah. Very Scandinavian for yeah. that piece. <laughs> and, of, and, and it's true uh, that we, we we were actually uh, influenced uh, a lot by uh, La Centrire, but not but, necessarily but, Dogville, but maybe more um, by uh, Antichrist um, than uh, than Dogville. Um, the, like the very uh, like spiritual and religious atmosphere that um, that's going through uh, uh, Antichrist and uh, this the, the secluded feeling of the Scandinavian forests. And also, I think maybe maybe the the like the the biggest influence is uh, the work of uh, Scandinavian Swedish director uh, Roy Andersson, um, who was really for us at that time a discovery. Um, and and I think yeah, when you watch his movies, uh, it's it's yeah inevitable to to see certain um, comparisons. And it was actually funny because Roy Andersson. Um, creates very few uh, um, works, so so uh, I think back in the days he, he only created three movies, uh, and then we created uh, um, this one. This one, and afterwards he created his fourth movie. And when we went to see it in in uh, cinema, we saw some scenes that were in our performance, and that yeah they were in his movie. But of course he didn't see our performance. But it was like it was uh, it was was stunning. It felt too. so familiar. Yeah, it felt really familiar. And for the rest of like... sorry go ahead no, no yeah no, no. no and, and for the rest uh we're we're belgians uh and more specific flemish uh belgians and uh so yeah inevitably we we became very much inspired by uh art and by uh um also the visual, the arts, yeah. visual arts um from the um the netherlands and uh like the southern southern uh, netherlands and flanders so the Flemish primitives and uh, the, the the surrealists. Um, so I think yeah, we we that's also um, yeah, that's also a world where that inspires us a lot. The world of visual arts. Um, yeah. I was actually in Ghent pretty recently. I didn't make it all the way to Antwerp, but I love this sense of almost like time being frozen in <laughs> in Ghent. And that's also something that, if I'm not being presumptuous, something that you do in your work, like this idea of almost like having snow globes of pieces, like snow globes of universes that you want to preserve. And I wonder for each of you individually, if you're willing to share, of course, 
are there any experiences outside of the work that you've done that you would love to preserve in a snow globe kind of uh, mm. object? Oh, too many. <laughs> mm. oh. oh, that's a, that's a, it's a, it's a, an interesting question. But I think but for me, the first one. thing that comes to mind is our little girl. We have a daughter together and she's like yeah. growing and growing and you want to like preserve her in a yeah. in a glass uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh yeah. what's it called um bell snow jar globe. Yeah, snow yeah. globe to see uh, how little and cute she is and of course like trying to uh conservate or preserve stuff is is um it's it, it has something very uh poetic but also something quite sad um because of course the the, the assumption um is also very it's 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 in vain uh, already when you when you when you in the yeah in the attempt so i heard for example that that um jacques brill uh he he um he rented till the end of his life his old uh room where he stayed as a student when he was 18 years old and he and he and he kept his room uh and he and he, and he rented it till he died um, and it's I totally understand it because it's something it's really about trying to to grasp something that's just not yeah maybe a, a period in life or a, or a feeling or a scent or I don't know but of course it's it's also it's not possible it's just not possible and 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 maybe that's um, sort of a constant in 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 the work we create um, we also for example created a performance uh, seven years ago the land of nod where we uh, recreated the, or rebuilt uh, on, on, on a realistic scale uh, a, a museum room oh. a museum hall of the um, uh, of the museum of fine arts in antwerp um, which is of course quite a megalomanic uh, attempt but it's yeah it's, it's also it's like like building a big a big tree house or something but but it's it's a, it's the attempt is in the same time quite ridiculous, I think, and maybe it's 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 this attempt that we find so touching and so um, yeah so moving. So it's almost like you've always been trying to build Noah's Ark in a way, right? Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> I love that you mentioned. Roy Anderson's work, because my favorite thing about his movies is that each vignette is almost like it starts off as watching, uh, you know, a painting almost or a sculpture, and then it comes to life. So are there any artworks that you would love to just like dive into and live in? I think the most the, the most beautiful works of art are, are mostly also quite like sad dark. Or, or dark or melancholic. So it's not <laughs> so like really living in living it. Living in it. Maybe in Godard's movies. I yeah, yeah, that's, that's, a good one. that's a good one. Yeah. 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 I mean, since he recently passed away and he uh, had such an incredible life, which are your favorite Godard movies? Oh. Yeah, of course, Bande Part, but but but, but also Pierrot Le Fou and uh, Le yeah. Mépris. Yeah, like the big ones, the the yeah, the classics. The classics, but like Pierrot Le Fou, is really is it's it's uh, it's totally it's such a genuine piece of art. It's really incredible, I think. Yeah. 
like I love contempt. So I kind of wish that I could live in that one with all these beautiful colors and everything. Maybe not live in it permanently because it's too yeah, dark. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, yeah, it's beautiful. Or of course the the, the um, talented Mr. Ripley. It's it's also a classic, like the 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 world of. Um, Is that Frank Godard? No, no, it's not Godard. Ah, okay, another, like another example. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's Frank Langella. I think uh, the the like the the one Original. we are talking about. Ah, you mean the American one? Yeah, yeah the American one. So. Uh, the talented Mr. Ripley, the, the atmosphere of like uh, Capri and Italy in the in the fifties, uh, it's, it's really, yeah, great. But then being Jude Law rather than a yeah, than a yeah, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you want to be in the boat with Matt Damon <laughs> or that. <laughs> like the first half of the movie, and then uh, yeah. just just get out. <laughs> So the way in which you incorporate um, cameras and the, the way in which you incorporate cinematic uh, techniques in your work, it's almost very Godardian where you're like constantly playing with the form. Have you found ever something that you wanted to do that you couldn't pull off because you didn't know how to? Hmm. Mm, yeah, we must have. Like uh, specifically with, ca with or camera or, or with like, like the, the, with the cinema uh, stuff? Or poetically, or yeah, combining the the the, the different techniques and the different mediums. Mm. I think the struggle is is more often um, in the context of of the content more than the technical capacities. No, yeah, um, we're always looking for some kind of um, notzak. What is that? Urge. Urge. Yeah. Then, and then, and of course, you have the boundaries of the money. <laughs> you there's always all, have that. Yeah, we, the, 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 the inspiration or the, or the ideas for like going totally insane with, with uh, all kinds of technical uh, gear and stuff is, is uh, endless, but tempting. yeah, and tempting. But, but, but yeah, of course, there's also. But for us, it's really important that, that in using a camera on, on stage, that of course, it's also theater. So uh, what's so interesting is that that ev that the movie is shot live and that it's here and now. But what makes it always difficult is is that you don't want to create like images that you can also see on stage, but also on screen, and that you double. finding that balance. Finding that balance is always actually the most difficult yeah. part of of working with the camera. Yeah. yeah. Because because you want to create theater, but you also want to create a movie, and when you just do it on top of each other, then it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And it's just- but If they fight each other too much, it's also not good. So it's, it's really finding, yeah. And it's becoming empty technical use of technique, uh, uh, of, of cameras, these kind of things. You, you, it you, should be meaningful at all yeah. times, but it's- uh, People yeah. often often ask us, when, when do you guys make a movie? You should make a movie, but it's like, it's really what we do is totally something different. It's really what Thomas just men mentioned. It's, it's, it's a different language, the combination of, theater and and, uh, and cinema. So I totally don't have to pretend, or we don't totally don't have the pretension uh, that we, can, that we can, yeah, that we can make movies because that's really, it's another, um, yeah, it's another form of art. What we, what we do is like taking, yeah, taking lots of elements out of cinema, but it's, it's, yeah, to be like a, a genuine movie artist, that, that's artist, that's really something, something else, I think. So at a time when social media, like things like TikTok and Twitter are so prevalent and like everything basically is about text, how do you find 
working with almost no text in a world that constantly demands that everything's digested for the audience, that everything's explained, that everything has meaning. Mm. I think the opposite is also true. Yeah. That that the, the world today is about image. You you're really flooded by images all the time, all the time, all the time. Instagram. It's really about. Uh, so so I think that's also. People are, are are so spoiled by like and and, and they're they're totally like like a like a goose totally uh, stuffed. stuffed with images uh, of all of all sorts and all and all kinds. So it's it's more the 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 difficulty is to 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 um, to keep their attention in this slow form of art that theater is in the end. It's it's a, it's 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 here and now and it's quite it, it has its own um time and it's it's quite slow um and yeah the, the audience is maybe not so much used anymore to like just sit down and and concentrate for more than an hour on something that just goes on in his own pace um but i think when we started 15, with our company 15 years ago now um people were more um like they were more looking for what do, what does this mean what 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 are you what what are you trying to tell us and i think that evolu uh, evaluated you say evolved. evolved um a little bit i think people are more open now for like being fed by images um as long as they can keep their concentration <laughs> have you noticed anything interesting or peculiar or very particular about the way in which different audiences have reacted to this particular piece all over the world That's, yeah like like for instance the greek people i, I mentioned already and yeah, the, the people in athens um but then then of course but then we had like a group out from china once uh, it was not we didn't play in china but we played at rur triennale in uh, germany and there was a big group of, of Chinese audience that came and they didn't have a clue of any biblical reference uh, we used. So that so was the whole religious layer was unknown to them. And of course, it was so interesting to, yeah. to hear how they interpreted yeah, yeah. this piece, uh, not being influenced by all the references. Um, but it was not so different, actually. No. So after reading about your work, I went into a rabbit hole of like Noah's Ark mythology and all this stuff. And I was so fascinated by the fact that a cubit, if I'm not mistaken, was a measurement that was like from your elbow to yeah. the top of your middle finger. And it made me think a lot about how I've read how when you first started, you were more tactile with, you know, you did everything yourself, you built the sets. And now you're at a point where other people do that. So. How has that, you know, not doing that anymore affected the work? Like, have you found that you now have more time to do other things? Have you found that you have developed skills that maybe when you were building the sets you couldn't uh, perform? Yeah, of course. When we when we started 15 years ago, we we uh, we were much younger and we had lots of time. We had so much time. So creating creating something could last for yeah sometimes we work for a year on a project uh, and then we just because we're not like very skilled uh, uh technicians or builders so we we could easily 
yeah, try to build a wooden shack, for example, as, as in this uh, performance, as in 300L, like we, yeah, we, we had time, we had time too much. So yeah, now we, 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 we are older and we have families and we, uh, and we have more, more work. So there's just, there's no time anymore to, to, uh, to lose. So luckily we can just sit at a table together for like eight hours a yeah. day for like two months and find everything. But it was, it was a nice way of, of developing uh, our stuff, uh, just being on the atelier and, uh, and, and it really went similar. The, the, um, because simultaneously, simultaneously, uh, simultaneously the, the, the conception of the, uh, of the material and the, and the, the physical creation uh, which was really special. Um, so, but now it's more the creation uh, happens more like at the table. I think I think the performances now are are more thought through. Yeah. Uh, than than 15 years ago, of course. There we could have like crazy ideas without any clue why, or that we can we just do it. Um, so, but I think it's also it's not true for this performance. Because no, no, we no, really no. made the scenario. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. Traces for uh, walking on the Champs Elysees, yeah, yeah, etc. Yeah, there really we intuitive very intuitive and, and, and but I, I think it more also it also has to do with with the, the the yeah we were 20 so and now we're we're 15 years older you cannot hide it it's it's not it doesn't make sense to 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 try to to look for the energy of when when you were 20 so the performances will change of course over the years because we're getting older also and maybe i don't know uh, have harder other for ourselves as well. Yeah, harder for ourselves. Uh, uh, yeah, we don't want to repeat ourselves. So it's 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 yeah. We we're asking much more questions. We yeah. We became much more professional also. So that's 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 something that changed, of course, a lot. Uh, but I think and every every artist goes through these kind of different stages in his life uh, over his career. And now we're somewhere. I hopefully. Uh, Halfway, or even a little before halfway, uh, but it's, it feels quite special to be here in in, uh, in New York, uh, in the in this marvelous Harvey Theater, and and just look at the set we built it ourselves eleven years ago, and it's really a very I can say it's a very crappy crappy set. It's, <laughs> it's just it's falling apart if you if you touch it because it's so old and it's like yeah. But it and, and we're we're here and it's for us it's a big deal to be here in in, uh, in New York um, with this stupid handmade uh, set. It's really something. It's something. Yeah. Going back all the way to fifteen years ago when you started working together, you were in school. So what drew all of you to each other? How did you know that you wanted to work together? We didn't. No. It came like we like just it. started and we it just happened to work. We were invited. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were invited by a little uh, uh, festival by a squat house uh, somewhere uh, in the border uh, of Antwerp, and and we decided during summer break we were all still studying. Some of them uh, already uh, left. Already left the theater school. I was studying visual arts, so I, it was really like okay, let's do something again in summer, and then and then. Yeah, and then after that performance, we said, oh, maybe we can do a little performance. We were asked for another little performance. And then it started rolling, actually, without any plan. We didn't have any career plans at all. 
So it was a bit by coincidence and that, that, that we're sitting here still 15 years later. And they, there, there came somebody to, to the school, to the conservatory where we studied to ask, will you guys create something for a little festival? And it's just the people in our class who said, okay, I'll be part of it and I'll be part of it. Those people became FC Bergman. Um, and other people didn't because they just hadn't the time that summer or they were weren't Going interesting. So it's it's a very the group, the 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 it's it's a very it's it's uh yeah the formation of the group was created by coincidence. You think so? I don't yeah, know. that's <laughs> maybe a more spiritual way of thinking about it. <laughs> So I love that the, the, the name of your troupe is a, a wordplay because it's football club and also something else. I forgot what it was because I think it's, was it French? I don't remember what it was. But thinking about Bergman and thinking about football for a second and thinking about like Denmark Bergman, I don't know, being the captain of a football team, who else would be in your ideal football team? <laughs> of course, Godard, as we mentioned. Um, Pina Bausch. Pina Bausch, probably. I'm Therese da um, I also think uh, Paul, Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, Wes Anderson, maybe. Oh, and Roy Emerson. And Roy, three Andersons. Three Andersons. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also uh, Rubens or, um, yeah, or, or. Michael Jackson, maybe, but you can't say that you anymore. You can't say that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Lots, yeah. We can, it's, the, the list is endless, I think. More um, than 11. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fair. So some of them can be on the bench. Yeah. So just to wrap up, I read that you often describe your pieces as beasts that you want to tame or beasts that have to be tamed. And thinking about Noah's Ark, if it's possible for you to choose two pieces of yours that would be the beasts that you would put in this you know, like imaginary Noah's Ark, what would those two pieces be? Like, which of your pieces would you pair? I think we, we have to choose for Terminator trilogy, uh, just because it was really uh, a project that was growing above our heads and we really couldn't, it, we, yeah, it was a site-specific project in open air and it was enormous. And we, we were still also very young and, and we, we had to really fight with the elements, with the wind and with the with the rain, and it was it was totally. Um, we were feeling lost in La Mancha uh, as the as the the Terry Gilliam uh, documentary. It was really growing above our heads. So we it would this beast we almost couldn't tame, and uh, I think only for this reason already it was it was a very special project. Also because it was the first project that was not an immediately like not an immediate success by the audience, but we really felt like, okay, but it's maybe it's not like uh, communicating already what we want to, but it's feeling like very, very much what we want to communicate. So it was a very special project. Huh? And um, the other one, the other beast we almost, uh, yeah, we was, were killed by we were killed by it was JR, uh, this, this adaptation of the, of the novel of uh, William Gaddis about New York, about this, about the city of New York, and uh, um, where we built a skyscraper, a little skyscraper of uh, like 14 meters high, 
um, with the, the audience was sitting all around, so you could only see one fourth of the performance live. But the, we also had two camera guys. One of them was Thomas, who were in this skyscraper, and we had a, a, a simultaneous new movie. Well, it was like so the the tower you, you could see. The performance from four sides so we also had to direct the performance four times and it was it was a totally yeah it was a total madhouse so we it was way too difficult yeah but we succeeded uh, luckily but it was uh, also like really crushing us almost um and i think maybe that's also a sort of an evolution we went through the last years um that we used to look for this kinds of uh, challenges like like the the, the bigger the bigger the beast the the um, better. the better uh, and maybe that's now we're like walking a sort of a different path we are more purifying I think our poetics and our language and and uh, the last performance we created uh, the sheep song is still it's quite huge but it's more like it's about theater and it's more maybe um, in it's more in the boundaries of theater and uh, yeah it's not it's not so untamable anymore but uh, otherwise we would be dead by now so it's okay. yeah yeah <laughs> so obviously you don't want to draw meaning for your audience right like at all but I wonder if you're willing to share what are some of your favorite elements in the set and in the piece that maybe you want some audience members to take a look at like maybe something that you're just obsessed with because you love how it looks or because it's something that you built and it means something to you sentimentally for me it would be the drowned sheep i think that's my favorite part of this performance yeah for me, it would be the interior of the of the house of the old man who's uh who's sleeping at the first house and it's really a beautiful beautiful um little set to wander around actually yeah full of references towards this Ark of Noah story. The nice thing is when we when we um, started 11 years ago touring the, the this this performance, um, we also did the build up ourselves. So now we now we have technicians who do it for us, uh, thank God. But um, back then we did it ourselves and it was also, it was quite nice to have the feeling to, yeah, as we call it, to, to, um, to make up the the beds and the and shake up the pillows for the actors uh, who came into the house so we were like one day just very precisely going to this little houses these little sets and reconstructing this world every time and again. adding little details for our actors to surprise them and it was was really really nice to um to really build something not only for the audience but also for as sort of a gift for the for the actors who uh who who became late later and 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 will live in these little sets. Um, so and I think that's the feeling uh, still remains today. It's um, because we don't perform it, we, we perform it already for 11 years, but not very regularly. Um, so mostly one or two times a year. Um, so it's every time again uh, sort of a family reunion with uh, with the actors who also became 11 years older, of course. Uh, and every time again, they are like re-entering their houses and um, yeah, and it's also, it's like every time again, um, catching up with, uh, with the story of 11 years ago. So I think there's a, a big poetry in it. 
That's really beautiful. So the piece runs from September 28th through October 1st at yeah. BAM. Is there anything that you want to tell American audiences who don't know your work and you want to invite to the, to the piece? I think we want to tell them as little as possible and yeah. just come and watch it. <laughs> yeah, what we always really ask is, please don't try to crack the code or because there, there isn't any code to crack. Just be as open as possible and just become inspired and, and let yourself drown into the experience. Uh, and then we're so happy. Drown is a perfect word for the big piece, <laughs> I think. So thank you so much for your time and break a leg and enjoy your time in New York. And please have a bagel for me because I'm far away right now and I miss bagels. You will. Very well. <laughs> okay. Thank you for the conversation. Have a good time in Europe. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Thank you Bye. so much. Hey, it's Leslie Udom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.